because I want to say like uh, you know the Snyder thing. Like last time you were you you guys told me about is is Zack Snyder still doing that Star Wars script where they he's like yeah Rebel Moon, script, so he's just gonna make it. Yeah, it's coming out at the end of the year. I think in November or December. I'm interested. Zack Snyder, honestly, for me, isn't necessarily batting a thousand. But the fact that he was so hyped for this script and he made it anyway, that for me shows that, like, there's something to this. You know what I mean? Like, there's something where, like, it's not some throwaway thing where he was, it was on the back burner. Now he's got to make something. Like it's 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 probably going to be pretty epic if they're gonna if some studio is pouring like hundreds of millions of dollars mm. into what should have been Star Wars. Yeah, well, it it sounds like Netflix is giving him that chance, and from what he said, it sounds like Netflix is kind of like, yeah, go do your thing. We're not going to get like too involved because you know how most of the big studios will come in and be like, we think you need to make these changes to make it more appealing to a bigger audience. But no, this is like his baby. And it couldn't be any worse than uh, Army of the Dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that oh, I didn't even was... watch that. Ugh. Did not watch it. It Ugh. sounded terrible. Yeah. I mean, Batista was Batista in it. But... You know your movie's bad. You know your movie's bad when the best part of the movie uh, is accidentally uh, taking the Taro. And Tig Notaro took over for uh, Chris, YouTuber. He was a YouTuber. Chris uh, D'Elia, who had some sexual harassment thing happen or something. So they oh, removed right. him from the yeah. movie, but it was still the pandemic. So they cut him out and literally green screened Tig Notaro in and all his spots. Yeah. And, uh, and she yeah. was the best part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, he played the typical, like, I'm a badass helicopter pilot, and wherever you need me to land, I'm able to land. You want me to land on that quicksand? I land on fucking quicksand. And they, so they had to take him out because he was molesting people or whatever, you know, mini lab. <laughs> yeah, I like he just went over the molestation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, point, he went knuckles deep in a middle schooler, but you know what? Who cares? <laughs> I mean, at this point, YouTuber and molestation. It's like, you know, it's salt I, I will not argue. Like... We our first season was like three of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all lyrics to uh, uh, LL Cool J's "I'm gonna knock you out." I think I'm gonna bomb a town. I'm gonna thank God. <laughs> hey, it's underscore of the time pals. Due to some technical difficulties, we didn't record an intro for this week, and yours truly had to pot himself out of almost the entire podcast. But like the greasy, nerdy angel that Bortman Baker is, he stepped up when Gotham needed him most and finished everything out. Uh, in any case, April 2023 was SnyderCon, and in honor of filmmaker Zack Snyder, permanent special guest host Shadow Spartan decided to defend his man's honor for like an hour. He even kind of defends that stupid album movie. No, really. You can hear it in his voice. Oh, uh, and while you can't hear me for most of the episode, Shadow Spartan keeps referring to me or the Time Pals, even though it's technically just Sportman, which makes it feel like his love for Snyder is making him experience a mental breakdown. And can you blame him? The man gave us 300. Well, just for the fuck of it, 
I, I pulled up his filmography. So he's got just the ones that he directed. So we got Dawn of the Dead, which I liked. Oh, I love it. Which I liked. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the original Dawn of the Dead. It's my favorite zombie movie. And probably like my third favorite yeah. behind Night yeah. of the Living Dead is the Dawn of the Dead remake, for sure. I thought it was really well done. Really slick. Real fun. Awesome. Um, like Sarah Paul is great. Yeah, 300, Classic. of course. Yeah. I, I'm one of the few guys that liked what he tried to do with the Watchmen, which was take what should have been obviously like a 10 episode Netflix series and try to shrink it down. Um, good performances. I know a lot of people thought it was boring as shit. I understood what he was trying to do. You know what I mean? Right. Well, I, which which version kind of did it. you watch? I watched the regular one because I guess there's another one, right? Where they there's, added all the there's, stuff. There's um, theatrical, director's cut, and an ultimate cut. Okay. So I've watched. I saw it in the theater, and I know I watched the the director's cut on accident because um, they had all these things in there. I'm like, was I here for this? You know what I mean? It was one of those like, what what is this? And then there was the other one where they added all the pirate stuff, right? The pirate comic book. Oh, pirate the pirate comic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's got to be the the ultimate one because I don't remember and, seeing uh, any of that. With yeah, Gerard Butler. Uh, yeah. The voice of all those. He the came pirate. back and yeah, voiced yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. So well, did, did it get better with the with the longer cuts, or was it just more like kind of trudging along kind of thing? Well, the problem with me was I didn't know anything about the graphic novel, never read it, so I didn't understand the. Uh, I remember watching the theatrical with uh, with my dad. It was like, yeah, this is pretty cool, violent movie. And then eventually, I watched the ultimate cut when it was like free on Amazon Prime. And just the the pirate scenes, the animated part, I was just really confused by it. But then I watched a video explaining yeah. the point of it, and it's like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. Yeah. So as someone who read the comic and loved it, I 100% told everybody in 2009, like, it's going to be about the Watchmen. This is going to be the next Dark Knight. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> son of a bitch, it wasn't. And I was just like, well, I'm never going to watch another one of his movies. And then the next one that came out was Legend of the Guardians, The Owls of Gaholi. <laughs> so, like, I, I maintained that. I didn't watch that shit. Wait, what was that? I've never heard of that. <laughs> so, the trailers. Here's what I remember about the trailers in, in 2010. Um, a bunch of owls get together and go on a quest, and they start shooting, I think, stuff out of wands. And it's an animated movie. What? And it what? probably cost four hundred million dollars, and it was directed by Zack Snyder. What? I'm sure. Well, I'm sure it made thirty bucks. Okay, so Dom, you obviously saw it. Oh God! I, There's three I nights barely, of SnyderCon. I'm sure I, that I they talk about this, it, but I'm pretty sure it's kind of the story of um, what was that Penguin movie, Happy Feet? Where I don't know what? if it was like the stu- <laughs> the studio was the one that was like interested Happy in making the movie, of and the they did. And they they brought in uh what's his name the director of Mad Max to do to direct that oh, movie yeah and then the same studio was like oh let's take this other book series the Owls of Gahul and turn that into a movie and then I guess they just asked Zack Snyder if he wanted to direct it and I guess he said yes to it <laughs> but yeah not many people remember that he directed that movie it's kind oh of forgotten in the past shit. like like no one really talks about it. <laughs> No, no, nah, this might be the first time it's ever been said out loud in years. Wow. Um, I thought his next one was Sucker Punch, and that one fell, too. I was like, oh, Sucker Punch was the one right after that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, writer, director, and producer. Yeah, that was his. Yeah, I mean, it, it was Tucker a cool Punch concept. I didn't see. It was a cool concept, and I was all for it. But it really, it just, it fell short in uh, execution. You know, mm. it, it just, it kind of like. It was, it, it was kind of trying to say, like, is this a dream or if this is, is this in her head or if it's not in mm-hmm. her head? And she's not really a superhero, but this guy, an abusive psychiatrist. It was just kind of like, so you didn't, so, you know, it was tr- like, so you were trying to watch it rooting for the hero. And then, like, right when the hero is succeeding, it cuts back to her, like, still in her, you know, her you know, her cell or whatever in her insane asylum. So you're kind of like, uh, yeah, you did nothing. <laughs> this is all a hallucination. <laughs> literally, literally, you think she's winning, like she's beating the bad guy. And then all of a sudden, it like, if I remember correctly, it just it's like, hey, we won. And then it cuts to her being lobotomized in reality by the bad guy. Uh, and you're like, uh-huh. So, being a super nerd, there was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode where that was the point of the episode. Whereas Buffy, essentially there's a demon, right? They tricked her in this world, but you're thinking Buffy's in the real world and these psychiatrists and stuff are talking to her like, hey, vampires don't exist and you've been living this like dream of you fighting demons and stuff all day. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? You should probably let us medicate you and stuff. And it was excellent. So when I saw the, the trailers for Sucker Punch, which basically explained the entire movie, um, I thought it was like a long version of that. But I never got around to watch it because once it came out, the the reviews were just terrible. Even though, even amongst mm. my fellow nerds, they were like, "Yeah, this is not a great movie." No. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I yeah. go back on the Watchmen just really quick, uh, mm-hmm. I did. I remember I did watch the theatrical cut, and I thought, "Oh, I'll give the unrated one a cut uh, a chance." And I remember. They, I kind of turned it off after a while because I was like, okay, the only extra thing is the donger percentage went from 20 to about 60% higher in the movie. So it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, we really meant for, uh, we really meant for Dr. Manhattan to be swinging blue pipe way more in this movie. And uh, now, now the movie's perfect. Now that we've added that blue swanger back in there. I mean, it, there's we a pl- lot more, you know, in the unreal. And we thing. also put all the tauntauns in the background again. We're sorry, guys. <laughs> That's what it was. Uh, and side note, did did either of you watch the Watchmen series on HBO? No. No, I heard it was fantastic. Really, it was a, a different story, right? I was a it takes totally place. Like, it uh, takes place like I think thirty years after the events of the graphic novel. It has nothing to do with the movie. It's all about the graphic novels, so the giant squid, giant psychic squid is still, still happen, you know? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah. you know, a lot of the, there's a lot of characters that are still around, like uh, the second Silk Spectre um, is still there, and um, nice. And Ozymandias is still farting around. It, it, is, it was really good. It's actually nice, it's cool. done really well. It was a really killer story. I, I was jealous because I, I heard it was amazing, but I didn't have HBO at the time. But I heard it was fantastic. Yeah, and Doctor Manhattan is on Mars still. It's just oh, really. Nice. It's. It, it, I don't. You know. It's too much stuff to go into the whole story. But like, it is. It was better than. I liked it more than the movie and the graphic novel. I like the graphic novel, but I just hate the 
artwork in the graphic novel. It's just it was too eighties for me, you know. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely an acquired taste. Even like um, what was it, Dark Knight Returns? That's a hard one for me to read. Yeah, it's a great story, but ever like you know everything is like super like you know like you were saying it's an eighties kind of thing where yeah. crazy dark brush strokes and stuff like unless Superman is talking then it's all like whimsical, but like everybody else like crazy dark and after a while I'm like I think this is kind of what happens when nobody kind of pulls you back a little bit yeah you know what i mean like it's Definitely. it's like you don't you don't have to make everything super super edgy every panel like i get it yeah um yeah exactly uh 2013 man of steel um man and that felt flat too didn't right didn't like that at all uh, i was like it was he it was like a really bummer superman you know it was like yeah yeah I agree. And then, you, and I then think he, Dom, and then he you killed like Zod, Mexico, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> By snapping his neck. Um, yeah, he felt, it, I had he felt the same really, thing. really bad about it. <laughs> hmm. I'm really no. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I guess I'm on the not... side of the spectrum. Yeah, I was gonna say. I th- I thought you liked it from what I remember. Well, well, I like I mean, all, all three of these movies that he got to do. So I'll be the opposite side of the All right. I mean, like, so, like, uh, I'll be like that meme that uh, changed my mind, you know? Yeah, yeah so, sort of like that, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, I guess it's like, especially growing up, I watched like Superman, the animated show, and Batman's animated, all the way to Justice League. So like, you know, I like those versions, and then jumping into Man of Steel, it was like, oh, this is an interesting new take on Superman. And I think what I just liked most about it was it felt a lot more realistic. If someone like Superman showed up on Earth, I feel like that's how reality would be, how we would treat him, how someone like him would react. Like, what am I supposed to do in helping these people? But I mean, you know, he would in reality he would be Homelander. That's the real Superman. <laughs> <laughs> you guys watch The Boys, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Homelander. Mm-hmm. He would be he, he would be Homelander from The Boys. There's no doubt about <laughs> it. That would, okay. You guys you guys watch The Boys. You got to tell me you watch The Boys. Oh yeah, totally. Sure. You don't watch the oh, so either good. either nah. either Homelander or or what, what was that movie with Will Smith where he was the board hero? No, oh, uh, like the Hancock. first half of it was great. Thank you, Hancock. Hancock. Yeah. Oh yeah. I could that see one was good. He's a homeless superhero. Far, yeah. Farm boy with no education. Yeah. And it's just boredly solving shit. You know what I mean? And always drinking. That to me is Superman. That's me. <laughs> I had a friend from Kansas, and he always did. The stupidest thing, and I said, and I'd always ask him, "Why did you do that, Jesse?" And he'd go, "I don't know. I guess it just seemed like too much of a good idea." I'm like, "That's <laughs> that's my idea of Kansas, and Superman's from Kansas." You know? <laughs> um, but, well, I mean, there's obviously several things that changed. Number one, I thought Brainiac destroys Krypton. But instead, they throw in, oh, they harvested their planet's core and the Krypton blows up. So it's like their own faults. So I thought that was In both movie versions, yeah. Um, I think from the comics, if I remember correctly, or 
because there's so many of them and they keep um you know remaking the story so many times i thought it was uh his dad what was it died of a heart attack in order yeah. to show that even with all the powers with superman he still can't save everybody yeah it's a metaphor yeah yeah and not not a hit, hit you over the head metaphor like a tornado <laughs> yeah, instead of a tornado I mean, I know what he was trying to go for in that moment, but I mean, yeah, throughout the movie, you can kind of like call it for, okay, we need the audience to, we need to hit these story points and we need the audience to feel this way. And it feels pretty quick, but I don't know. I still, I still just like this interpretation of, especially for this movie being his origin, that he's still learning to become Superman that he is trying to discover that what kind of person does he want to be? And that's the question that his dad asked saying, you're going to have to make a choice later on. And that's kind of the point of the movie until the end is when he decides like, okay, I'm going to become this kind of person. And that, and his, his, his opposite is general Zod of like, you could be like general Zod. You could save Krypton, but he makes the choice of no, Krypton had its chance, as he says. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I mean, I just, what I don't like is the same with Superman Returns and the Brandon Brown Superman is that there's just this, there's too much melancholy for Superman. Like, oh, I'm alone in the universe. You know, especially in Superman Returns, like, oh, you know, I don't have anybody like me. And then it's like, oh, and then he, you know, has a, his son, you know, he finds out that that's his son. He's like, oh, I kind of have someone like me. You know, it's like, oh my God, just punch something. You know, you're super bad. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I just, I just didn't like, I just, um, and then, you know, comparative to the Christopher Reeve Superman, who, you know, once, once he made the choice, he didn't spend the whole movie going back and forth on the choice. You know, he like, he became Superman, he became, you know, justice. And I, I want, I want my Superman to be a boy scout, you know, kind of unfallible, you know, he did, and he, and he did have flaws in the first one. It was like, he was unfallible, but, but in the first one and, and Man of Steel, uh, well, not Man of Steel, more Batman v Superman and, uh, and and the Justice League movie, they 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 borrowed from the Christopher Reeve ones about his weaknesses, Lois Lane. You know, it's like he he did he was unfallible, but he did lose his mind when Lois died, and then flew around the world backwards to to, to reverse time to <laughs> bring her back time, to life. Yeah. That's how that's how much he lost his emotion and went insane and reversed time. You know, so it's like. Okay, that's a little bit scary if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's back up to Batman versus Superman. We should first talk about that. It is a chore to kind of get through until the last 30 minutes. <laughs> Story. You can kind of tell it's like, yeah, we know at some point Lex Luthor is the villain here. We get that. And it just takes a while to get there. And why is Lex Luthor 23 years old and the rest of them are 35, 36? Well, 
Well, there there is a reasoning behind Lex Luthor Zuckerberg. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's well, that's the reason. We we grew up with the Lex Luthor. I'm sure we're all uh, expecting from the animated show. Is what I'm guessing you guys were looking for. Like you guys, you guys are looking for that. So the idea was is that was what billionaires were, I guess, interpreted as. For modern day, we think of Mark Zuckerberg, the techie, smart kind of people, and so that was one of the one of the reasons they were going for. On top of that, there was was it the new Fifty Two comics were coming out at that time and that was the new lex luther that they imagined and they were taking that from the comics um but yes i do agree with you guys that this take on lex luther was very strange very different well they they lost me from the beginning of the movie i agree with both of you i liked the performances i actually thought the weakest part was going to be ben affleck batman and I actually enjoyed him the most in the movie. I was like, oh, Affleck was great. Um, but what I didn't like right from the get-go, uh, Bruce Wayne running through the streets, buildings coming down. He sees Superman fighting a bad guy, looks at Superman and says, he must be stopped. And I'm like, what? Why would you think that? He is fighting a bad guy. You know, he's fighting a guy. Who's gonna? He's trying to kill. Yeah, he's trying to kill the city. And you went. That guy must be stuck. I was just. I and then he went on and and even Jeremy Irons is in there. By the way, Jeremy Irons plays Ozymandias in the Watchmen TV series, and he's the best part of the show. Yeah, he's the perfect person for to be a egomaniac who also quote unquote saved the world. So you need to acknowledge me, Roman Reigns. You know. <laughs> so so Jeremy Irons. As Alfred is sitting there going, he's the hero. What are you talking about? And Bruce is like, even if there's one percent of him that's gonna want to kill people, I you can't take the risk. And it's like, that, what? It just made no sense well, to me. Yeah, I mean, would you want 1%? to take that chance? But but yes, <laughs> but the end of the world. If chance? Superman decided, like, hey, you know what? This is now injustice. The uni- the uni- the injustice universe. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's just like so you're gonna go in a fucking battalion, get your robot Iron Man suit on and punch him to death. It's like it's just I was like, this is not it's nonsense. You know? Especially when he, if there's a one percent chance that he's gonna be the bad guy. But there's bad guys coming to Earth all the time that he's beating up, you know? It's just like I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? Well, well, in this universe, I don't think Batman's ever had something like this before. I don't know if, but he's uh, had the Joker. In this universe, Joker killed Robin. In this universe. So I'm like, yeah, but well, this wasn't like bad dudes. Yeah, but it wasn't. At least as far as I know, in this universe, it, this Superman is like the first time where holy crap, this is some crazy metahuman showing up that he could just destroy the world or enslave this entire world. Um, But as Batman famously said in another Batman movie, it's not who I am, but what I do that defines me. (laughs) And he, all Uh, Superman did was save people. (laughs) 
I mean, I know we could go for hours just nitpicking back and forth with little stuff, but overall, I mean, I still do love the ultimate edition of Batman versus Superman. So after Batman versus Superman, obviously you've got the two Justice League movies, the uh, Whedon cut and then the Snyder cut. I actually didn't buy. I actually didn't mind the Whedon Justice League for what it was. I, I, I said to myself, go into it and have no preconceived notion and just try to enjoy it. And I'm like, yeah, that's fun, you know. But but yes, the the Snyder cut. I mean, if you're gonna if it's a four hour thing, it's like. It better be good for four hours, you know. You get you get every single thing in, but yeah, of course, I thought the Snyder cut was so much better. I mean, made so much more sense, you know. Even though there was so much you could have cut, you know, would be done without, you know. There was a whole lot of filler, you know. There's all the Arrow in Amazon with the Amazons like bringing out the Arrow. I'm like, you could have cut. 15 minutes of that and just shot and had her shoot the arrow. That's it. You know, you don't need the whole, like, you know, girls singing and the ceremony light in the air. Just shoot the fucking arrow, you know? <laughs> and I, and there's other stuff, and there's other stuff I couldn't believe they cut out. Like, why would you cut out the flash? That was probably, might be the best part of the movie was the, fir- the first flash thing with, uh, where he saved the girl in the accident. You know that was my one my one of my favorite parts of the movie, and the flash thing at the end where he got through the speed force. I'm like, that's important. Why would you cut out the speed force part? That's really important for your next movie, your flash movie, is him going through the speed force. You know, <laughs> so I was like, how can you cut that out? That's so important. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. That that was in the but that was in the Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. In the both of them, yeah. The, uh, the part the part that was in the the weed cut was the pet cemetery. Trust trust us in reality here. When one building goes down, at least eight hundred people go. That at least eight hundred people. <laughs> so there's a, there's where you start when one building goes down, let alone two or three. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And Miles Dyson dies in the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And and they introduced the Atom in the Snyder Cut. I'm like, oh, the Atom, okay. And I believe after the uh, Snyder Cut was the Army of the Dead series. There's Army of the Dead, and then was he a writer? Rescues. Well, there's Army of the Dead, then there's Army of Thieves that I thought he was just producing. But he's working on Rebel Moon, and uh, I thought it was our or Planet of the Dead. I think I thought it was the next uh, zombie movie, continuing in that universe. Well, an Army of the Dead. Um, it was trying to it, it. The premise itself just didn't make sense. Is that it? Dave Batista and a bunch of other people were approached by Dom. Was it an Asian billionaire or an Asian crime? Was it was the Asian? I can't remember. I want. To I know he was Asian. Uh, he's played yeah, by. Yeah, he's a crime lord, and he's famous Japanese actor that you've probably seen. Yeah, in tons of and movies. So he was like, 
he was like he he goes to the, like all the the you know the badasses that are left. <clears throat> it's just supposed to be like, like a zombie heist guy. movie. If you had to summarize yes. it, yeah, yeah, it's a zombie Ocean's Eleven. But that's <laughs> again, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm like, so they got a hundred billion dollars in a vault in the MGM Grand or whatever, but it's surrounded by zombies. Like all of Vegas has been taken by zombies, and little do they know there's one super smart zombie. Like the beginning of the movie, this super smart. You know, oh, it's like genetically zombie, zombie zero. He's ge- yeah, zombie zero. zero. He's the first one. So, so he's at he's guarding the vault, I guess. Why? No, it, no, no, no. He wasn't guarding the vault. Um, he has a little bit of like a revenge arc. It 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 gets really weird. Where I guess the zombies he able rides to a horse. enable. No, 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 no. No, he's apparently able to. He was a no. He was able to impregnate another zombie, and was going to have a kid. But our, I think it was Dave Batista, our hero, kills his wife. So then he goes on a. He then uh. That happens. The zombie, the zombie villain, you know, wants revenge, and at the end, he does get to kill him. Spoiler alert! But that happens during the heist, doesn't it? Yeah, or as they're trying to escape. Well, what is he doing there in the first place? Is my was my point is like, why is he near the hundred billion dollars in the first place? That's like where they're all crowded for no reason. Well, I th- either they were like next door or something, or just that's where the zombies were in one of the buildings. And that's then, where we're falling because apart, because they I'm get saying. into conflict, then that's where they're like, oh, we're gonna go get them. So I would need to rewatch it again, but. <laughs> I don't know. I guess at least I went into it with low expectations. It was like, yeah, okay, pretty cool movie, Zach. Thought I did all right. Yeah. And the and there's well, a, a zombie, zombie tiger horse. at at one point. Oh, and there's a zombie tiger. And there's a zombie tiger. So the Star Wars thing, we can kind of skip it for now, as it hasn't come out yet, which leaves uh, 2023 SnyderCon. So I'm sure you're going to be pretty pissed off missing it, Dom. <laughs> uh, I still would have loved to be there, though. It's actually this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Friday would have been Man of Steel. Saturday, Batman vs. Superman, Ultimate Edition. And then then Sunday, the main reason was Zack Snyder's Justice League in IMAX. The only showing of it in IMAX. I saw Pee-wee's Big Adventure at the Great American Music Hall. It was great. But the Q&A with Paul Rubens was there. I'm like, Pee-wee was there. It was great. I like Pee-wee, so guys. For me, Zack Snyder's obviously not batting a thousand. Um, obviously, Dom disagrees to the point where he's scream crying at us when we don't even like slightly hate something. But for me, I would like to see something that kind of redeems him after what I feel to be a string of some pretty meh kind of movies. Enter the Snyderverse. <laughs> yeah. That's actually that's a good question. What would what at this point what what would be a good thing for Zack Snyder to kind of redeem himself to the to the mass population? You know, like he always he has a pocket of he's got a pocket of Dom fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to Mikey and Brett. <laughs> well, it's just I'm like, hey, thank God it was yeah. on Netflix. I'm, I don't have to leave the house. I'm like, oh. 
Well, I mean, you could say um, it's either a blessing or a curse. For him, it's just he doesn't, uh, he doesn't, uh, how do I say, he doesn't want to just do what the studio tells him or how he should make movies. Zack Snyder makes movies he wants to make. Well, it doesn't work out for everybody. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm sure that that's the main reason where. You know, he's got both sides of fans and haters, but in the end, he's just like, hey, I'm just going to keep making movies I like to make. Oh, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not a, I'm not, I don't hate him at all, you know, I'm always, yeah. I'm always going to see the new Zack Snyder movie, and like I said, like, all of his first handful of movies were I'm like, oh, awesome, 300 was the best, Dawn of the Dead I watch two, three times a year, the remake. Um, um, he did something else. Didn't he do something? I think he did something before those. And I feel like I'm missing something else that we didn't know. I don't know. I guess, I guess we did cover it all. But, um, you know, just thinking about it, I'm like, so, uh-oh, we lost Mikey. That's okay. He'll be back. Um, so what I would like... What I would like to see is, let's say, if I want, so we're all remake, crazy remake, everything these days. So I was thinking of other directors, um, and I was thinking, I was going the Paul Verhoeven route, and I, I'd like to see a Zack Snyder version of RoboCop. Ooh, that could be pretty good. That'd be his, his style. Yeah. Absolutely, because uh, I'm first of all big RoboCop fan. One of my favorite movies of all time. I grew up in RoboCop, and what they tried to do it once a couple of years ago sucked. The, yeah. the, best, the part about RoboCop that makes it great is the humanity of RoboCop. Like the whole mm-hmm. the whole point of RoboCop is you can take the you know you can take the man out of his body, but you can't take the soul out of the man. Like that's mm-hmm. the whole point of the, the story. So exactly even. So, and I think, just judging from Superman, a Man of Steel, and all, and although, and Batman v Superman, I'm like, I think Zack Snyder would handle that pretty well, actually. You know, I that, think so. That kind of concept, and I think he would make a killer uh, RoboCop movie, especially like, and, and he's he's a really good rated R director, as far as you mm-hmm. know, like with 300 and all those. So I was like. Man, he put put that Zack Snyder treatment on RoboCop. He's pretty fucking good. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just look forward to see if they, whatever he announces at SnyderCon, or because everyone, of course, all of the Snyder fans are thinking, "Oh, is this his return? Is he gonna yeah. announce like?" Because everyone was talking for a little while, like, "Oh, Warner Brothers should sell the." the Snyderverse to Netflix. And so everyone's like hyped up thinking like, Oh, this might be a return. I personally feel like this is just a fun event to kind of celebrate man of steel, Batman versus Superman, Zack Snyder's justice league, like one last time before like finally moving on to rebel moon. Cause he wants yeah. to expand that universe. And I think that would be awesome to be like, no, let him just focus on that especially now that he's yeah. at a studio that is going to let him do his thing. Yeah. 
Um, I don't. I never really. I would. I know people say like, oh, he's, he's returned, but like, I'm like, I don't see really left. You know, Army of the Dead was like 2019, 2020. You know what I mean? So it's like, dude's been, you know, still been doing movies the last couple of years. You know, I guess it's maybe it's the whole James Gunn thing, and he's kind of. It seems like the DC his run with DC is kind of done. That's what it seems like. Yeah. You know. But um, well. Uh, I did I watch an interview uh, with him, and I mean, I, I hate to like bring hope to it, but when they were like directly asking him, like, not the direct, like, oh, are you coming back to DC? Nothing like that, but saying, like, oh, what are your thoughts on uh, selling the Snyderverse to Netflix? And he was just like, you know, it'd be a cool idea, but that's above my pay grade. He can't make that decision, which makes sense. Oh. But then he, but then he would jump right into like, I want to thank uh, these two like executives over at Warner Brothers for for doing this, blah blah blah, like you know, saying nice things to Warner Brothers. So either either there is something going on with Warner Brothers and he has to keep thanking them, praising them, or I just personally think he's just glad that this is actually happening, having this event and Ooh. getting to show all three movies. So, of course, yeah, I'd be really thankful for the people there that let him do this. Sure. But I you still, know, I still don't think dope. he's coming back. Yeah, but it would be pretty dope of Warner Brothers to just be like, we're just going to let Zach just like do his own thing with these mm -hmm. characters, just kind of, you know, within reason, do the story he wants to do. Because I'm sure, I mean, those movies make money, right? I mean, mm -hmm. as bad as the Justice League was, I think it made some serious money, you know, even with, you know, the Wheat, the, 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 the Josh Whedon know? one. Uh, yeah, I think it was it, only like five hundred thousand. It did just as good as Man of Steel. So five hundred million, then. Like yeah, right? yeah, five hundred million. I I know um, it's like you you think that like that's <laughs> not supposed to be a bad number, you know, but it it is if you know it took I, how long how I, much to make it. If it took three hundred million to make it. And five hundred million, then, to like up. another hundred million to advertise it, market. So it's almost yeah. like the movie broke even, so to speak. Yeah, so. uh, even a even a in this yeah, double it is not seen as a profit in this day. Yeah. It's it, well, it never has really for a movie. Like to to make your money back is one. So like that's just crazy. So you make a movie for two hundred million dollars. It's like it has to, it has to make close to a billion to be a profit mm -hmm. can you imagine i just i can't even fathom that thing yeah i hope this thing makes a billion dollars like I, I would never i would never have an aspiration like that about yeah. anything yeah but i think it's just fans to no when was it 2018 or 29 i think it was 2019 is when zach did a batman versus superman like watch party where he just had a camera on him and he had the movie playing in the background and people tuning in to the live stream could watch it with him. And he would provide commentary being like, oh, uh, I remember when we were shooting there in Chicago or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, and the then he did a watch party with Man of Steel. 
And that's when, after the movie, he had Henry Cavill come into the live stream and had brought in a bunch of fans and they asked a couple questions. And then at the end, he then said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, if we could see a different version of Justice League? And then that's when he cut to uh, the poster that said Zack Snyder's Justice League. So I think that's what everyone's hoping was for the, here. So that was the beginning of the Snyder cut or... That was the beginning, or at least at the time, no one thought, because everyone just said, oh, we want the Snyder Cut, but we never thought oh. it was ever going to happen. Warner Brothers never said any anything, and that was the first time he announced it. So that's why everyone's thinking now is where it's going to happen, um, especially since Zach loves teasing people by posting pictures on his Vero account. And one of them specifically, if you guys remember the... Uh, statue in batman versus superman the superman statue um in the in the poster is the statue and it's rebuilt you can still see the cracks in it but it's put back together and then he has one hand behind him that's uh up in the air it's different in the movie but in this poster it has all five fingers up and then his other hand, which is downward, has like three fingers that are like curled up, but the other two are still outward. So We're it's like saying there's like five, there's sun. five movies, three are down, but there's still two to go. So okay. <laughs> even though when they asked Zack Snyder about it, he just said, "Well, everyone's kind of deciphered it already." And he just kind of left it like that. He didn't like say anything more about like, oh, what does it really mean? What were you going for? Just like, oh yeah, that's really cool. And everyone's already. <laughs> but everything he does, he usually has like cryptic stuff and all of his like pictures like that. And he's always doing uh, what was it for like Thanksgiving? He did a video or was it a video or no a picture, or he took a picture of. Uh, his turkey and in the background you see crisis on infinite earth's comic in the background <laughs> up who <laughs> now I, I think he was just hinting like that's where the story was gonna go after Zack snyder's justice league but i'm sure everyone kind of knew that after you have dark side in it you know honestly for me i mean i, I assuming Let's, yeah. let's pretend like Zack Snyder's done with comics, comic book movies. Yeah, um, you just, you don't because of how dark he took things and because of how jerked around he got, I actually think if he like took a property, you know? that, that's like a, a you major make parody. Like a lot, the obviously, you want to make it a lot more I think he could that. probably mm-hmm. kill that shit. Just, just the amount of um, stuff he can parody on it. Just him doing all this dark stuff about how about how it got made and stuff like that with a character who basically is the epitome of every yeah. dumb superhero trope like just indestructible stupid beyond belief but also very good nature like a superman i think there's something there honestly i really think if you got if you want if you want to do something dark and you know he's got to have a lot of ammunition in him from just getting jerked around by the dcu yeah i think he could, he could knock something out of the park you know i think it's too bad they can do like a more of a what if thing with I know he's trying to do like a bad Superman thing because uh, have either of you guys read uh, Superman Red Sun? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the uh, the what if he landed in Russia? 
Yeah. Uh, Zack Snyder, I think, would do a killer Superman Red Sun movie. Honestly, that would be, I think great, be great in general. That's a really fun premise. I think he should just say, fuck it with the whole, like, you know, or, or take the end of the Snyder cut where it's all them versus Superman and just transform it into Red Sun. You know, just kind of like take the best parts of Red Sun and turn Superman into creepy Stalin Superman, you know? I would give him World War Hulk in a heartbeat. Everybody versus Hulk loved it, loved it to death. One of my favorite storylines ever. Um, you could, you could really, I mean, if you can't have Superman anymore, take his Marvel equivalent. That would be rad. Because really, it's like, who can stop him? Who, who can stop him? And that him, comic you know? book series for a Marvel comic gets pretty deep. It gets pretty dark. Doing the I, I, I don't like how they do it in Marvel, though. Honestly, they never, they always dance around this shit, and they never pull the trigger. You know, like it's it, it drives me nuts because and it, what it is is it's a bunch of people in suits going. We can't really risk any of these characters just because they keep making us money. So, like, you know what I mean? That's why, like, I didn't see the new Ant Man, but nobody dies in Ant Man, but the guy who has a lamp for a head. And I'm just kind of like. This is who got introduced in the Ant Man movie in that in that movie. Yeah, and, and you lose him, and like, what do you lose? It like, what happened to some of the risks and the storytelling and stuff? Yeah, that's that's where you start to respect Joss Whedon a little bit. It's like, oh, every always at least one person dies in my movie. Yeah. Every movie, because at least yes, one. Yes, yeah. there's got to be stakes. There's got to be stakes somewhere. Yeah, that's what pissed me off about the uh, the new Star Wars. Was like that last one was such garbage for me because like one obviously shameless pandering. I mean, fucking they give Chewbacca a medal at the end that nobody asked for, just because he didn't get one in 1970. And so like it, and it, and it should have been it should have been a, a post mortem one. Yeah, he should have died in the fucking transport. That would have been the part. That would have been more shocking than Luke. I am your father. Right. Like and, that part where Ray fucking blew up Chewie yeah. with her lightning, her force lightning. It would have been at least <laughs> some kind of stake. And then when he shows up, fucking the thing that pissed me off the most, being the Star Wars nerd of the group, is C three PO has this moment where he's looking at everybody and they're about to erase his memory. And he goes, "I just want to see my friends for the last time." Motherfucker just met those guys. So like it, yeah. it's one of those moments where I'm like, wouldn't it have made more sense if he is replaying? the original trilogy and he's sad that he's going to lose all of those memories and not like the yeah. two weeks he spent with Finn. It just, it made, it drove me nuts. Drove me fucking nuts. But then 35 seconds later they go, that's okay, we're going to run. It's okay, he's, he's fine now. His old memory. They, they do that with every character. Then why, then why the thing? Then why the thing that he just said? Why even <laughs> have it in the movie? Why even write it? In? Why did he say that if he was just going to get his memory back? Oh, so many problems. <laughs> and 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 writing lazy ass writing like, oh, don't worry, Chewie was on the other other one, right? <laughs> get well, get out of here! It, it's it's literally become a meme now. But whenever somebody wants to show how lazy writing yet, they go and somehow Emperor Palpatine has come back, which is the first opening line of that fucking movie. Yeah, I mean, but seriously, if they had followed through on all of them, yeah, it would have been a fucking great movie. I would have been like, they killed off all the original characters, and now we can just go on with Finn yeah. and Ray 
They killed 3PO. 3PO doesn't remember. Anybody. I would have respected it more. Chewie's gone. Leia's gone. Exactly. Luke's gone. I would have respected this movie more if they would have said, you know what? We've told the Star, the Skywalker saga for 30 years. Let's go tell yeah. some new stories. Everybody's old and gray now, obviously. Yeah. Well, and the only one that survives is Lando, and we're going to follow. That'll be your only guy. Yeah. I'm like, the black dude? Awesome. Cool. The yeah. awesome black yeah. dude? Great. Cool. Yes. The, one, the coolest Lando guy is the only one left. Fuck yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm running with it. Awesome. He's, he'll be your link between yeah. the old cast and the new cast it, it, I going been, forward. I, I would have been totally cool with it. Yeah. Yeah, they just should have pulled the fucking trigger. You know, By the way, for, for all the shameless pandering, we never got a scene where it's it's Han and Luke and Leia together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why? I don't I, that whole fucking thing, man. That's um, that wasn't what was that wasn't James Gunn. Who was that? That was uh, the guy who did Star Trek. JJ Abrams. Yeah, Abrams, man. I somebody. I well, I mean, it was Ryan Johnson that really. But yeah, but I, I want to say like Abrams was the one who Red Letter Media hit it best when they did their review, where they were like, Abrams, if you let Abrams write and direct, he's garbage. If you let just him direct, he's very good. It's that writing and directing thing that he just can't do. And I I realized how bad it was until that series of movies. Because the you know, just they were both the dialogue was bad in both. I didn't the Ryan Johnson one. I liked where what he was trying to do, which was the idea of, of, of yeah. I'm gonna just destroy your own precious Star Wars universe. Totally cool with it. In the hands of somebody a little better, I think it would have been cool. Obviously, you could cut out a half an hour of that fucking movie, but I like. How about how about the space casino? Yeah, the space one? where they did absolutely nothing. <laughs> Or the world yeah. lowest car chase, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I get what they were doing. I one hundred percent understand. Like I said, like me and Brad were just talking. Hundred percent understand the idea of we've been telling the Skywalker story for 40, 30, 40 years now. Let's get off of this shit so we can tell more stories. Get it completely. Um, we didn't get there, but I get what where he was going. And then the over over correction. Um, by Abrams, and I'm like, okay, this is when this goes. Back. Just kidding, they're all back. Yeah, just kidding. I I know we said like you know I know we tried to go back to the original idea that the Force was something that you know was that flowed through you and it wasn't midichlorians. We're just fucking with you. If you have like enough things inside of your yeah. be- belly, then you can move objects with your brain. <laughs> Anybody want to see a tauntaun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, man, what a piece of shit. Uh, in Filoni, we trust. Yeah. Man. In Filoni, oh, we trust. I, they, I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I got on the. What was that? What was that one that they just did? It was based off the Rogue, Rogue One character. Um, oh, uh, Andor. Thank you, Andor. I got on the Andor train late, but it was very well done. Yeah, it was a very well done show. It starts slow as fuck, but it's very well done. Yeah, yeah actually, I, I didn't I, really like I, it. I liked it. I liked the fact that it was. Um, it fucking made sense. <laughs> Did it? I, I, I think I need to rewatch it then. Honestly, I didn't really like it. It's it slow as shit. And and I didn't I really understand it. it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's it's slow as hell. Um, plus, I actually, so it takes place before Rogue yeah, One. I actually loved Rogue One too, and I know that's that's for some reason yeah, like, like a Rogue point of contention. I thought Rogue One. I thought it was like universally going to be loved. I guess some people hated that movie. 
Um, I thought it was really. Yeah, I, I thought it was Wait, Rogue One. No, everyone loved that movie. I, I've run into people online where I've talked about Rogue One, and they just sort of just like, no, you know, this this movie's unnecessary, and blah blah blah. I'm like, it's fuck, it's a great movie. Like, I thought it was a yeah, great. It's movie. awesome. Yeah. Did you Especially know that? The ending. Um... <laughs> I gotta get to bed. Actually, it's getting super late. So we basically made a, an entire episode about the Snyderverse. Um, I guess we're, yeah, we're just gonna make it a Snyderverse episode, man. Uh, I don't know how to end. I'm kind of so. glad. I didn't want to do a wrestling episode without Bobby because Bobby's just like such a wrestling. Sure, sure. Like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. So, so how are we ending? This is kind of worked out great. Glad that worked out and perfect timing because Zack Snyder's con is this weekend. So hopefully the algorithm will like <laughs> show up on bit. whoever's yeah. on Spotify. So the like, well. what's this? Um, so the oh, next yeah. podcast, we'll get the, the Dom epilogue on the CyberCon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. Because you're obviously definitely... paying attention to it or me and Baker are going to fall asleep and never think about it again. Yeah. You're... <laughs> He's, I forget what parts he said was going to be live streamed. I think it was probably just the Q and A. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. You got to pay money for that, huh? No, I think I'm pretty sure the live stream is free. Really? But we'll see. You probably you probably have to go on Vero. Oh, okay. Because that's where Vero? he he. It's kind of like Facebook. If I had to quickly is that, summarize, is, is it just? Is that like? Is it like? A, nice. Are you trying? Are you trying to get me onto? Are you trying to get me onto Truth Social or something? Dom? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's just that's the only place Zack Snyder posts stuff. He doesn't have Facebook, a YouTube channel, TikTok, none of that stuff. He just has Vero. So that's the only way to like stay up to date with do, him. I don't do social media, but I do have a social media page. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe he's like invested in. Vero. I was gonna say, when you drive a dump truck full of money up to your house, you were a hundred percent all into Vero. Yeah, especially very exclusively. Instead of going to the box factory today, children, we'll be going to the box factory. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, TV's worth my mind. All right. Well, thank you, Dom, for giving us a topic today. Any last words on your Zack Snyder? Your Zack Snyder love? Did me and Baker not destroy it enough for you? No, I'm just very understanding that it's not for everybody, and I totally acknowledge it's uh, it's negatives. It's there, like I said, with Batman versus Superman. It's like it's got its issues. It's it's like a slog to get to the best part of the film, and then I'm like, okay, it was worth it. (laughs) Okay, see, for me, it was not. Yeah. So, what would happen to you if yeah. Rebel Moon sucked? Like, like Rebel Moon is just mm. like four straight hours of Zack Snyder just looking at you at the screen, staring right into your eyes and flipping you off. Boy, uh, well, I'll just be like, eh, I guess uh, you I'll go chance? back to his trilogy. Oh, <laughs> dude, I would be done. No, I'm still going to see it the day it comes out and uh, make my okay. own judgment. Okay. Maybe this I should is, start doing video. This is a battered life syndrome. You need to leave him. Hey, you know, uh, you know I, I compared Zack Snyder to Paul Verhoeven while while your headphones were broken, Mike. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I stuck with Paul Verhoeven after, strip, after uh, you know, Showgirl. And, I, and then he made Super, and then he made Starship Troopers. And, uh, you know, it was worth sticking around. 
Was Starship Troopers no. after Showgirls? Wait, wait. It the was. Series? Starship a bitch Troopers was after Showgirls. Holy shit, I forgot about that. I thought you meant Starship Troopers and after. I'm like, the rest of the movies after the first Starship Troopers were No, it's all canon. The first one oh. was great. <laughs> it's all the same, the same yeah. timeline. <laughs> like, first one, great. Then you watch the other ones, you're like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's okay. So you got me. When Paul Verhoeven right. said Showgirls was going to be the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> and everyone was like, everyone said, man, that movie was hilarious. And he went, yeah. Yeah, yeah it I was. You guys, you, guys, you guys didn't think I was serious. It was like the guy who did the room. I meant... I, I meant it to be a comedy. Of course, of course. It's gonna be heartbreaking. You just know he went home and cried. Oh no! It, it based, Tommy Wiseau is is, is Paul Verhoeven. Like basically, it's he. He had all these ads like uh, in L.A. Like you know the the in the spirit of Tennessee Williams. This you know intense drama. Everybody went. This movie's hilarious. He's like, yeah, dark comedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking a! I mean, it kind—it's like it kind of did the same thing for Total Recall, and everyone's like, "Come on!" With Arnold's eyes bugging out of his yeah. head, you're like, "Come on!" Now, it's man. still an amazing. You got movie. a guy. You got, you got you got a guy with a prosthetic, weird alien face on his stomach. <laughs> you know? Open your mind, Wade. <laughs> Open your mind. Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Y'all All right. Have a good night. Have a good night, Shadow Sparrow. Bye bye. Hey, Benny. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> An hour 20, man. An hour 20. Talking about Zach fucking Snyder. I'll, I'll make this. I don't know how we did that. I, I honestly don't know how we did that. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> it wasn't a sign, and it was just like, well, fuck it. We're already talking about him. Well, I'll just this thing at the end. What's up with that? It was great. This this part of the end is kind of like, well, we had a great time.